Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Okay, hey, today uh, we have um, on the show an exciting guest. Um, um, first, let me just mention my sponsor. Uh, today's show is being made possible by FSR Cattle Company. Uh, FSR Cattle Company is a premier producer of team roping and steer wrestling cattle. Uh, whether you need 10 head for your uh, place to practice on or you've got a big event you need to put on, uh, check out FSR Cattle Company on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, go to fsrcattlecompany.com. Uh, All right, so we've got uh, Evan Jane on uh, the podcast today. Uh, did, I, did I pronounce your last name right? You did. You did. Okay. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited to have you on here, um, Evan. And, uh, you know, the, the, when I started this podcast, I've said it before, you know, it's about, uh, about modern cowboys and it's, you know, about guys that, and, and gals want to be cowgirls or cowboys and maybe they didn't grow up on a ranch or, uh, you know, to have the ability to be around horses or whatever it may be. And, uh, like myself, I didn't grow up on a ranch, but I've just always uh, considered myself a cowboy since birth. And when I saw you riding in, uh, um, uh, oh, the PRCA rodeos and stuff, uh, and they said you were from from France, correct? Not correct. That's correct. Yep. Yeah. I, I just thought, man. Now, how, how does that happen? Here's a guy that's uh, you know uh, comes from France and comes over to the United States and ends up in the uh, uh, the top. 15 in the world and bareback riding and it, it just uh struck me as so awesome and i just thought man it's be a great guy to have on the show and just hear his story and uh, so i'm super excited to have you on uh evan and it just just you want to just tell us you know you know how you got interested in in uh, being a cowboy and and uh just your whole story of how you ended up over here well uh so i was actually i'm originally from southeastern france um and uh, believe it or not, France has a strong horse culture. And I was born in a family. We had horses uh, on one side, my father's side, and my mother's side. We were more uh, uh, house builders. But uh, I got to I got to grow up around horses, really. And um, until about the age of uh, 12, 13, I was more interested in soccer than I was in, in horses. But um, I finally came around and uh, started started enjoying riding horses and uh and especially the first five or ten minutes when your horse is real fresh and wants to buck with you i thought that was the coolest thing <laughs> um but my father was a trick rider and um i wanted to i wanted to be part of the show he, he would go on the road and uh he would hit town cities and put put on uh, trick riding shows and uh, I wanted to learn to do that and go on the road with them. So when I was 14 years old, I, I learned how to trick ride. And uh, one of his top that summer was a rodeo that they, they were putting on in Italy. So that was my first, my first time to see a rodeo. And uh, I got to hang out behind the chutes and I got to be part of the show and, uh, and all that stuff. And I just fell in love with it. I mean, 
madly in love with it. I just wanted to get on a bucking bull. I wanted to get on bucking horses. <laughs> I, 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 you, when you're 13, 14, 15 years old, you, you're searching for your identity. And I had found it over a weekend. I just, that's what I wanted to do. So from there, I went to my father and uh, I was like, hey, hey, can I try this? I mean, I know they don't really have rodeo schools here or anything for me to learn, but I just want to, I want to try. And uh, he was like, no, there's no way. You you weigh 110 pounds. You're, (laughs) (laughs) you're tiny and you're going to get torn up. And uh, it just, it just wouldn't leave my mind. I just had to do it. So during that next school year, I was in uh, in the library and I walked in the library and there was this little sign that says, do you want to go spend a year in the United States to be an exchange student? And it just clicked. I was like, man, they won't let me do it here. I'll just go and do it on my own. So I went back home and talked to my mom and I was like, please let me, let me do this. Like I, I'll, I'll be good and I'll be good. I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> that'll be good for me. I'll work on my English. I'll, I'll be, you know, and, and my mom was like, if you ever go, you'll never come back. I know where you're going there for. <laughs> and uh, she she said yes. And six months later, she put me on the plane. And ever since, every time I've come back to France was vacation time. I can, I've, I've been lived there since I was 16 years old. No kidding. And you live, you live in Texas now? I live in Texas right outside of Stephenville. Okay. Okay. So you got over here then as an exchange student, and uh, what next? Well, uh, you know, I I used a, a bit of my luck on the on the family I landed in because I it was a horse vet uh, who used to rope when he was a kid and uh, never really had a, a a son. He had two daughters, and he was just he was missing a son in his life. And I never had a real good relationship with my father in France. And I really, always looking for a, really a father figure. Uh-huh. And uh, when we met, we clicked. I mean, he became my dad right away. Um, and he was like, hey, I, I would love to teach you how to, how to team rope, calf rope, and all that stuff. And I was like, okay. So within a month of me being there, he went out and bought couple team roping horses and we started practicing together and he started teaching me how to rope and and about four months in I was like man this is exciting but I can I get on a bull (laughs) 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 and uh, he was like man I don't know so we we checked with my insurance and all this stuff and he's like all right we're going to keep it on the down low and and we started going to his little practice little practice pen they had by the house and Uh Uh, I covered the first first ten bulls I got on in my life. Like I just, <laughs> like I, I went bad, and I just I had the good balance, trick riding, and all that stuff. And I covered all those bulls, but the tenth bull, when I jumped off and landed underneath him, and he stepped on me. Oh, and uh, and he I that really worried him. That worried me too. We had to go to the hospital, and he was like, "Can we, can we go back to roping? Can we do something else?" It's like. Yeah, how about bronc riding? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, December, I got on my first bareback horse, and I it was uh, it was just love, 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 love. I just that's that's what I wanted to do. I, I he signed me up for high school rodeo, and I, I rode bronc 
uh, rode barebacks, uh, I've roped, and uh, and then before I left at the end of school year, he was like, "You're coming back, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, if you if you have me." And I never left. Went again the next year and uh, won the state in the bareback riding my senior year, and um, got scholarships. Uh, Sam Houston State University in Huntsville, Texas, and went there and get a full ride and get my college paid for. And after that, just uh, just started rodeoing. Man, that's crazy. Now, what um, made you decide uh, bareback uh, over saddle bronx? Uh, I think I, I think the event picked me. I didn't pick the event because I tried both and. Uh, uh, I went to bareback riding first because most kids will go to bareback riding first because it's a little bit cheaper of an event to start. It, you don't have as much equipment to buy and all that good stuff. But right. I, it just fitted me. It was more like all about try, and it wasn't so much about technique. I was already behind on technique. I was wasn't one of those kids that I was very never very technical, but I had just a big heart, and I just wanted to try so hard. And that event is more fitted for somebody who's just got a big heart and just wants to try their heart out. Right. So naturally I, I, I love bronc riding. I really wish I was a better saddle bronc rider than bareback rider. Cause I, I would have enjoyed that career a lot better. I think and my body would have as well, but bareback riding was just all about giving all you've got. And that just, that just fitted me. Right. Right. And, you know, and, and just talking about, uh, you know, the effects on your body. I mean, I was a chiropractor for many years, you know, and I've, I've had a lot of injuries and I've never rode any rough stock on purpose, uh, you know, but um, I had a few wrecks and, you know, but every time, you know, I watch bareback, it's just like, it, it's almost like you're getting whiplash for, for every jump, you know, um, how, you know, how do you prepare for that and deal with that? I know they have the big, you know, cervical rolls in the back and all that. Um, but, uh, how does that affect you? I mean, every ride, is there some of it that you're just, you're in the groove and you're not really feeling it or do you just feel it every time? Well, you, it's, it's, it's kind of strange, but when you start riding bareback horses, you will feel pain that you never, in places that you never thought you could feel pain from. It's just like, <laughs> it, it is, it's little muscles and bones and things that you, you hurt that you don't really hurt in other sports or you're um, lifting hay or whatever you're doing around the house. But once you've, once you're in the groove where you're riding bareback for a while, mm -hmm. that pain goes away. You get used to it. Those muscles they just kind of build resistance to it. And, um, and you get used to it. Yeah. So really the hardest part for me, and I think for most of the guys too, where, when you stop riding for a month or two and you're on a break or a winter break or something and you go back to riding in the winter at the, right. at the end of the winter and you start hitting all those talk shows and everything, that's when you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sore. Right. But <laughs> when you're on the 4th of July run and you're hitting a rodeo a day for 10 days straight, really at the end of it, you're like, oh, my hand is a little sore, but nothing else is hurting too bad. Um, I think you just kind of build up a resistance to it and, and you're not immune to it, but it just kind of your body gets used to uh, that type of punishment. Yeah. Now, now I know I've put on rodeo schools now, and it is tough, tough, tough on the guys that just start riding barebacks. I mean, they just 
they their necks hurt their forearms their um their groins and then all that stuff it's just your whole body is just taking a pound really yeah um what's the what's the um <clears throat> kind of the cutoff uh, age i mean i know there's some guys that have rode a lot longer and there's always someone like that but what's you know the average when a guy you know kind of just gives it up and stops stops riding bareback horses well, it depends. There are several factors that are going to come in for a guy to quit riding bareback horses. Uh, I think injury is going to be the first one. Yeah. And uh, going broke is probably the other one. Yeah. You spend so much money on the road, and uh, I, unless you're in that top 15 or top 20, you're not really making money riding barebacks. Uh, right. uh, if you're stuck between 20 and 40, you're making even, and after that, you're losing money. Um, so really – is when you're tired of being broke or when your body is starting to break down or maybe family, you know, you start having kids and you're responsible for other people in life and, right. and you know, this sport can break you down and you have to make a choice and that's to slow down riding bucking horses because you've got to be able to have an income for your family. Yeah. But I mean, other than that, if everything is great, you know, if if you're uh, if you're wealthy enough to keep going, if you're healthy to keep going, I think between 37 and 40 years old is will be will be it starts getting tough. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you're in great shape. Yeah. Now, um, so you 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 know you rodeoed in high school, one state, um, went and got a scholarship in college, rodeoed in college too, got in the PRCA. Um, how long have you been in the PRCA? Oh, 2002. Okay. Hey, yeah. yeah, I was 20 years old when I uh, bought my, my, uh, my card, yeah. Okay. And then are, are you, um, and, and how many times have you made it to the finals? Twice. Twice. And that was in yep. what, 2015 and 16? 15 and, and 16, yep. Yeah. Now, um, you were recently or, or uh, recently injured or not that long ago. You, you've been on the mend. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. I had a spent a small week in the hospital about uh, two and a half months ago. I, uh, I had um, a tendonitis in my uh, pelvis in the front of my pelvis. Uh-huh. And I just kept riding with it, riding with it, hopefully thinking that it was going to, heal up but i'm 36 years old and things don't heal up nearly as fast anymore yeah <laughs> and it just ended up snapping that, that uh that tendon that holds my pelvis in the front snapped which caused my hips to open my pelvis to open and uh snapped the back of my pelvis the bone oh man so yeah i had i had uh internal bleeding that i had to have emergency surgery for that and then the next day i uh, had to have plates and screws and were you riding when it when it when it happened too, or? Yes, and uh, the freaky part about it is that there were guys behind the shoots that told me they heard it pop. Oh yeah, oh. that horse was just right in front of the buck and shooting. They say we heard it. It was disgusting. I'm like, yeah, I heard it too, and I felt it. <laughs> oh man, so how how are you feeling now? Are you? I feel good. I mean, I feel completely out of shape. Uh, not that I get fat or anything because I'm just an overactive person in general. So I've been really busy, but, uh, I just feel like completely out of riding shape. Um, 
you know, I've lost a lot of muscle weight, muscle mass. And, uh, you know, I just decided to retire when, uh, when I got in the hospital because they told me that I had to spend three weeks in the wheelchair, uh, three months in the wheelchair. And I was like, well, I got, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't put my family through this anymore. Right. And then, uh, five weeks later I was getting, I was off my crutches. So (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wow, uh, uh, did I make that decision too fast or too quickly? Uh, and my wife looked at me and she's like, go back at it if you want to. And I was like, no, I, I I will. I want to get back on, but not right now. I want to be a hundred percent and I don't, and I'm not going to make a run for the finals anymore. I'm not going to put you guys through. We're have, we're about to have a second kid, and I, I just I can't leave my wife behind like this with two kids and and be gone out on the road 200 days out of the year. Right. Well, yeah, and you're you're 36 now, which is very young. But like you were saying, you're starting to get to that upper end of uh, you know kind of the cutoff anyway. And and with your injury, yeah. Um, so now you 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 said you you put on some some bronchine schools. Are you are you looking to to go into that field of you know being a trainer or coach or um, you know what are you looking at? No, not really. And I I've I was a high school teacher for a while. Uh-huh. I was an ag uh, high school teacher for a while and a French school te- high school teacher. And I loved the contact with the kids, talking to them, and but everything else that had to do with teaching was just a nightmare to me, uh, you know, having a boss and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a free spirit. I like to, uh, I like to do my own thing on my side, but, uh, but I, I always come back. We, we put on a bareback riding school in Houston, uh, in November every year with Clint Cannon, who was my traveling partner. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we put on the bareback riding school for three or four days. I helped with that. And I also put on uh, bareback riding clinics in um, in France when I go back over there on vacation. I'll go and spend a couple of days at a at a buddy's ranch, and uh, we'll try to teach some guys how to ride barebacks. Oh, that's great. But that yeah, that's that's going to be about as far as I'm going to go with this. I don't see myself as a college coach, or uh, I don't. I really don't see myself having a boss again. So right. Um, right. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> I hear that. So um, you, now you're also uh, uh, doing some Coors uh, commercials and, and on some billboards, correct? Yes. Yeah. And, yes. and it, it's, it's funny because just this was literally yesterday. My, my son and I had recorded um, the UFC fights and, and we were watching the ones in Idaho and the com- a commercial came on. And it was recorded, so we, you know we fast forward a little bit, and then the course commercial came on. I said, "Hey, I go run that commercial back," and and we ran it back, and that was a commercial with you in it. I go, "I'm going to interview that guy tomorrow on podcast." <laughs> he goes, "Are you kidding me?" I go, "No." I go, "That's that's it. That's Evan." And I and I looked back at it again, and, and it was you. I looked it up online. So, how, how did that come about? You, uh, uh, you know, getting into doing the commercial and stuff. Well, this is a prime example on you have to be nice to everyone around you because you never know what opportunity might show up. Right. And that was the case for course. I was just behind the bucking shoots at a rodeo in Clovis, California, about a, oh, a little bit over a year ago. And, uh, I see a guy with a camera t- taking pictures and I was just 
went to him and started the conversation and see what he was doing and see that was just interested about him being there and uh he was like, Hey, I, I just worked for Red Bull and uh, I'm doing a photo shoot of the bullfighters. And he said, Hey, do you mind if I shoot some of you guys behind the shoots too? And, uh, and then just kind of small, small talk really for 10, 15 minutes with that guy. Mm-hmm. Well, he finds me eight months later and he's like, Hey, Evan, I talked to you there. I took some pictures of you and I just got hired. Uh, I, and I didn't even know the guy. I just know his name was Jim. Right. He was like, I just got hired by Coors to do all their pictures and billboards and all that stuff. And I really, I really like the pictures that I took of you. Can you be in Arizona in two weeks and uh, go on a photo shoot for two or three days? And <laughs> uh, and maybe you know some of the some of your shots will be uh, featured on billboards and commercials. Or and I was like, okay. So uh, of course I hang up with him and I do my research on this guy. I'm like Jim Krantz, I gotta look him up. Right. And uh, this, this is the guy who does, uh, who shoots commercials for, uh, who learned from the guy who who uh, did all the Marlboro sh- uh, shoots, the original Marlboro guy. Well, you, that was his mentor. So I, I, this guy is, he's Western lifestyle. Um, he's won awards for pictures and all kinds of things. And I'm like, wow, this guy is really like a big deal in the photography world. And, He's legit. Uh, he's legit, and because yeah. uh, you know, you get a, some random guy to call you back and say, "Hey, yeah, I want to do commercial." Sometimes you're like, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> you know, right, you, right. That's a little fishy, but no, I got there and we got to hang out in some of the coolest ranches in uh, near uh, Douglas and Bisbee, uh-huh. uh, Arizona, and uh, got to meet some other great cowboys and did a, a shoot and. And then at the end of it, he's like, "Hey, we're leaving in two days to go to Chile to film to actually film the commercials." And he's he's like, "Can you come down? I mean, the course people really love you, and they want you to be part of that commercial." And I was like, "Man, I got a rodeo." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I waited to see my draw at the rodeo, and I was like, "Okay, this horse is not very good. I cannot uh, place on him, so right. I'm gonna go ahead and take a six-day paid vacation to Chile." And that's uh. That's how we got the commercial film. Yeah, man. And when, now, when when was that filmed? How long? Ago? Uh, February. Yeah, February, March. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. And you know, it's funny. Uh, you know, it 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 reminds me of the Marlboro Man commercials, and even even the the billboard of you to that picture. Um, it's just yep. it just looks so cool. It's as it's iconic as as can be, and uh, yeah, it's just great. It's just uh. And what a what a great great opportunity! And like you said, man, it, it just pays to you know be nice to people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's cool. So so now uh, you uh, you never know Hollywood may be knocking um, more commercials and movies. Would you be interested in doing that? Or yeah, I would. And I've always kind of had a uh, loose ties with uh, with people that live in Santa Fe and do a lot of Western movies out there. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I got a lot of friends that do that and they, for the last two, three years, when we go to the Santa Fe rodeo, we will spend three or four days with them. And I got to meet, uh, West study, uh, oh, yeah. the yeah. guy who plays Geronimo. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, other, other actors and, um, and they were all like, Hey man, you, you can ride horses. You can do, you can do stunts for movies. We are desperate for guys. And, um, 
and you know, now that I'm slowing down, I'm like, yeah, that that'd be kind of cool. You know, that was that was kind of pleasant. You know, you're pampered and uh, you're on TV. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. No, absolutely. So why not? Yeah, yeah, and 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 you're not getting uh, a whiplash. You know, uh, I mean, you know, you ride yeah, horses. It's, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's kind of nice to have that guaranteed check at the end of your uh, at, your, at the end of the day too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're gonna get paid for it. That's yeah. very cool. So, well, speaking of of, of Western movies, uh, do do you have any favorites, or do you have a favorite? Well, I I'm a Tombstone kid. Uh, yeah. I was raised on Tombstone, and that's uh, uh, actually I got a funny story when I when I first met my wife, and we're just having a small talk, and she we were asking each other our favorite movies. I, I actually asked her first. I was like, Hey, what's your favorite movie? And she's like, Oh, Tombstone. <laughs> like my, my dad raised me on Tombstone and I, I turn around and my best friend went next to me. I was like, I'm going to marry this girl. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> and then we, we had met for like two hours and I was like, I'm going to marry her. And, uh, yeah, she, uh, she's my wife and we love when Tombstone comes across the screen, we, we're watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's funny. I I've actually got a, um, a, a painting from Buck Taylor of, of, um, Val Kilmer's Doc Holliday that he did, which is, oh, wow. which is super cool. And, you know, he signed it law and order every time. And then, then I've got a picture of, uh, of all the guys, um, uh, Val Kilmer and, um, oh, uh, Gosh, I can't remember. Sam Elliott and yeah, uh, yeah, all of them. Yeah, um, walking. Yeah. They're walking, and there's uh, there's four, uh, forty five caliber oh, yes. slugs in the in the picture, and then it's all signed by them. So, yeah, I I, I know every line in the movie too. So I know, I know where you're coming from. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a great movie. Um, now, are you, do you do you have sponsors for your hats or boots? You got favorite hats or boots that you like, or? Oh uh, yeah, the cheap kind. <laughs> that destroy hats. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, uh, most bareback riders. When we walk in the Western store, we look for the cheapest hat because we know that it might be just two or three days down the road, some horse is going to step on it or pickup horse going to run over it. So um, yeah, no, not really. I mean, that's uh, I I just go for the cheaper stuff and the hats. Um, I've got a guy, I can actually get a guy by my place um, who's been sending me uh, felt hats and um, a war bonnet and he hand makes them oh, yeah. he's, uh, out, of, out of Weatherford and uh, right before the finals, he sent me a hundred X hat and uh, I was 34 years old at a time at the time or 33. And I was like, I've, I've made the finals and I've never had a hundred X hat in my life. I didn't even know what it looked like. And I was just so excited. I had tears in my eyes. I was like, I never thought I would own a hundred X hat in my life. And it said, you know, on the inside on the band, it would say forever Jane NFR uh, 2015. And I thought that was the coolest thing. Man, now did you didn't, you didn't wear that in the rodeo, did you? Or did you? No, that hat is it barely getting worn because <laughs> obviously when I go to the rodeos to get on bucking horses. Right. And, uh, if you're that guy, that bareback rider walking around with a hat in your hand and a hat on your head and one for your riding and one for your showing, right. You kind of get a, yeah, I guess we'll make fun of you in the locker room. So you learn <laughs> that fast. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. So, um, 
are you you said you live in outside of uh of uh Stephenville right now, right? Yes. Yeah. Now you doing you doing any team roping or anything like that on for hobbies or No, not really. Um I'm I'm still I'm still very European. So I'm I am my hobbies are more uh soccer and uh mountain biking, um hiking, those type of things. No kidding. And uh construct yeah, and um construction. I I love construction. That's what I do now um around my place. We with the the money I made at the finals uh the last couple of years I put a a down payment on 50 acres in the hill country here and uh I started building um kind of unique uh beds and breakfast so i got uh -huh. a a big tree house that i uh finished last year and i'm renting out and uh i've got a big rock tower that i built this spring and i just started renting last night and that's just gonna be the the way that i'm i'm gonna take care of my family now is just to keep building the little uh bed and breakfast on our place and uh and have uh these people come and spend two three nights uh, as weekend getaways and uh but we're, we stay pretty full so it's it's working out pretty good for us well, that's really cool so I, I it sounds like i'm gonna have to book a couple nights down there and yeah yeah for sure well look us up skybox skybox cabins in glen rose texas skybox cabins okay and now you guys have a yeah. um a, a, a web page on that is is there a web web address or instagram or facebook that you want to let people instagram know yeah 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 instagram and facebook uh we're under uh skybox cabins and uh we do all of our reservations through airbnb okay cool yeah very cool and then did, and your wife she's working in that with you helping manage that she is uh she is but she's also very very pregnant right now so okay. <laughs> she had to slow down <laughs> yeah we have a little boy being about two three weeks here so she had to slow down and also uh one of the reasons i had to slow down is because my daughter had a brain aneurysm uh oh, last year and um how old your daughter as a she was four last year when it happened to her so we spent two months in the hospital and um she's recovering and still recovering so it takes a lot of time to take care of a handicapped kid and uh yeah. a lot of energy so um i make sure i was around my my family a little bit more sure yeah and now was there was there an underlying cause for for that or do they did they determine or was what what caused the aneurysm uh, they they did not determine yet they uh we're going to run some tests on her next year uh -huh. and to see if it's something that might come back uh if it's in a head uh in her dna or if it's something that just kind of kind of a freak deal that happened to her right uh they from the way it happened they don't think it's something that should happen to her again so uh I think we're lucky on that on that side of things, but she, uh, yeah, she dodged a bullet. She was in the coma for uh, two and a half weeks, and uh, just it was tough, tough. Oh man, and 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 how's she doing now? Is she? Well, she. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting. She is. Uh, so she's going to turn six here in about two weeks. Uh -huh. But she has the mind of a of a three year old. Really, she just went back in time. She had to relearn how to walk. 
right. uh, how to talk. Uh, you know, she she does things that a three year old would do, but she is in the body of a six year old. So it's interesting, but she's here with us, and she should eventually catch back up. So, yeah. Well, that's 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 great. She's recovering though, and and got a new yeah. little brother on the way now too. So that's that's gonna be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get the question: Are you gonna make a bareback rider out of him? And I, I don't, I don't know if I could put myself through what I what I did <laughs> to my family. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. We'll let him do whatever he wants to do. Exactly. They're they're gonna do what they want to do. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, Evan, hey man, it's really it's been just been great talking to you and hearing your story and uh, just fascinating. Yeah, uh, you know how how you got to where you are now and um i'm definitely going to check out uh, the skybox cabin that's i think that's a that's a smart move on your part you know and uh great way to great way to uh you know have a business and have it right at your place and and uh just be running your own show i love that yeah love it no, thanks yeah love it well hey man i want to i want to thank you again for coming on and and again if uh, people want to check out uh the uh, skybox cabins on facebook or instagram and then you're also on uh facebook and instagram yourself and and your name yep. is spelled your name is spelled uh y v a n and then is is that evan too or i mean because you got like three names. yeah so i yeah i had to put my real name y v a n my nickname is evan with an e okay uh so yeah it's pronounced ivan in french ivan, Evan okay. in english okay yeah so for my french for my french uh family fans friends whoever it's yvan and for the u.s it's evan gotcha perfect well hey evan thanks again man i really appreciate it and i, I look forward to you know seeing what you do down the road and um i'm definitely going to check out St- skybox cabins and uh come down there and uh, drink Coors with you. Oh, awesome. Sounds good. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, good talking to you. You too. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pen. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs. $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same, the minute we ride in to the roping pen. Fingers on his hands 
to the rope and pin. And it takes a little skill and a little luck. If you can talk smack, you can back it up. Oh, but we're all friends, no matter who wins, down at the rope and pin. Turn another pin of steers, tell a few more lies. Drink another beer and hypothesize most of life's problems. By God, we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen. We'll see y'all again next weekend down at the roping pen. Down at the 